the top four wide receivers for week five of fantasy football. Hayden Winks, Tyreek Hill against the New York Giants defense. Justin Jefferson against the Kansas City Chiefs. Stefan Diggs against the Jaguars and A.J. Brown against the Los Angeles Rams. What we've seen in fantasy so far is the elite wide receivers are crushing it right now and they're playing above expectation at the same time. And there's this huge middle class of wide receivers. So these four are in beautiful spots this week as they are uh, every week. For the Jaguars against Stefan Diggs, Jags defense playing zone coverage on 80% of passing plays, which is eighth in the NFL. And when the Bills get zone coverage, Diggs leads the team with 28% of the targets against zone coverage. And the next closest player is like around 15%. Mm -hmm. So this just gets us even more into Stefan Diggs territory. Okay. These are Hayden Winks' rankings. You can find them in the description down below. Just a quick PSA out mm -hmm. there. There's this common phrase, don't read the comments. I actually like all of you. You take the time to watch our content, so I do read the comments. I do want to say, when it comes to these rankings and these tiers, the conversation around each player is just as important, if not more important, than the actual ranking. I don't want to speak for Hayden here, but I don't want to all of you to just like go to the end of this video and say, oh, he has him here. This means I'm going to play this guy over this guy. More so, we try to give you all of the information and allow you to go into our brains a little bit with the matchups for this week in the hopes that you make your own decision. We suggest certain ways here or there, but more so this is an information-driven show, and it's just not as simple and cut and dry as, oh, I know this guy is going to be better. That's why I haven't ranked him over him. And we also record these videos on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday before all the information. And I'm sprinting to get to these damn rankings because we're doing all these other shows. I update my rankings after these shows. So give me a break. Come back Sunday morning when I have the final rankings as well. And we do appreciate you tuning in. Hit that subscribe button. We've been enjoying all of these videos. We enjoy hearing from you as well. Um, it's just, you know, if everyone had all the answers to rankings, they would be uh, billionaires at this point. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Okay, continuing on as we go through, I don't know, 45 wide receivers today. Your wide receiver five this week is Jamar Chase at the Tennessee Titans. Okay, excuse me, not the Tennessee Titans. They played Cardinals. them last week. It's Cardinals. Cardinals. Um, I really wanted to have the Titans name in my head because of what we saw last week and what that Titans defense forced from this Bengals team. You know, mm -hmm. Jamar Chase ended with... 11 fancy points in half point PPR, but that was, I think with like career low a dot at 2.9 yards. Do we think anything is going to be different in his utilization this week with still a broken Joe Burrow against the Cardinals? Well, he says he's better. The betting markets have the Bengals at almost 24 points, which is really solid. They are still first in neutral pass rate. Jamar chase is six in target. So it's not the same exact type of targets. I wish it wasn't this way, but at the same time, Arizona starting a rookie corner on the outside. They are very prone to big plays after after the catch. And if Joe Burrow is a little bit healthier this week than he was previously, or if just the pass rush that the Cardinals have does not match what it was with Tennessee, then maybe they have a little bit more time to get Jamar Chase on the backside. So this ranking is assuming T. Higgins is out. Jamar Chase didn't score a touchdown last week, but the targets were totally fine. Uh, I, I think this is a good spot for him because the next couple names are in bad matchups or they are uh, dealing with some type of injury. I just want to highlight how brutal it was for Jamar Chase last week. I mean, this is nothing that can equal fancy points for us unless 
something breaks in terms of the yards after catch big play that he does it on his own. Again, the Titans defensive line is one of the best in the NFL. And while the Cardinals have certainly played above expectation and they do play hard, they do not have the monsters that the Titans do up front. So at least Mm -hmm. hopefully Joe Burrow can extend plays a little bit longer and meaning he can hold on the football longer and more downfield routes can happen. Just, Final point on T. Higgins not being there. Since entering the NFL, Jamar Chase has been targeted on 32% of his routes with T. Higgins off the field. And we'll get to uh, Tyler Boyd a little bit later on. Your wide receiver six this week, Devontae Adams against the Green Bay Packers. I can't wait for this one. Obviously, you have the revenge game. I'm assuming Jimmy G is going to be back in the lineup. Uh, And also, on top of the revenge game, it's Devontae Adams versus Jair Alexander. It's going to be a fantastic matchup. Devontae Adams, his usage has been better than ever uh, right now because there's only throwing it to him and Jacoby Myers and then Josh Jacobs as well. But this is just going to be such great television. I can't wait for this game. Monday night football, primetime game. I'm I'm excited to see it too. It, I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo has like totally cleared concussion protocol, but he's on the final stages of it. Mm-hmm. So it definitely should happen. Um, I mean, these absurd rates that we've seen so far are insane. I will say the Packers have not surrendered like amazing wide receiver weeks so far. Drake London got six for 67 and one, which is fantastic for him. Let's put it that way. Yeah, that, that's a 200 game <laughs> if you want to translate that. <laughs> Chris Olave, who's had some other iffy weeks, went eight for 104. And then Amon Ross St. Brown, five for 56 and one. So we know Devontae's the best talent on that list, but I think it does come down a bit to the quarterback because this Packers defensive line can rush the passer at a mm-hmm. high, high level. Okay. Your wide receiver seven this week is C.D. Lamb at the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, so this is a tough matchup on paper, but C.D. Lamb did have 10 catches for 117 yards and a touchdown in that playoff loss uh, just um, this past January. And offenses facing the Niners are passing the ball at the highest rate. C.D. Lamb's box score has been out of control just because the Cowboys haven't played a serious football game this year. Like all these blowout wins are not helping C.D. Lamb. So I think all of that stuff will even out. This should be a, a very close game. I I respect both of these defenses, but I also respect both of these offenses. And I think C.D. Lamb's in a good spot to eat. Um, I think the the 49ers are worse uh, in the secondary versus up front. So I yeah. could see a bunch of targets to CeeDee Lamb, especially if the 49ers offense on the other side could uh, put up some serious points. When the teams played each other in the playoffs last year, CeeDee Lamb went 10 of 13 for 117 yards. And it's been a big talk on football Twitter about the Cowboys red zone success. This season, I believe they are all the way down at 30th in the league right now in red zone touchdown rate at 36.8%. That is only around the Tennessee Titans, the Houston Texans, and the New Orleans Saints right now. Okay, your next wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, Hopefully, he plays Hayden. What is the current status for your wide receiver eight against the Carolina Panthers? I moved him down just a couple spots after this. This is a wait-and-see approach just because he hasn't practiced this entire week. It's with an ab injury. It's not that toe injury that he's been playing through. He claims that he can run full speed on the sidelines, but playing on the sidelines at at practice and playing an actual NFL game is a lot different. So we'll just be following the news. He's been pretty solid this year. He's not getting the same peppering of targets just because the Lions have been playing so much better on defense and in the ground game this year. So that does concern me. Jamison Williams coming back does not move my opinion on the Monroe St. Brown in any capacity 
at all, but we're just going to have to follow the news on this one. I do think that he's like truly questionable to play. Can we have a quick hypothetical conversation of if Amon Ross St. Brown does not play? And in fact, I think there was one game last year where he was active, but like they barely ran him at yep. all. He just like saw no snap. So even that might happen here. If he doesn't, and sure, wide receiver insurance is incredibly different than running yeah. back insurance. It just doesn't happen that way. But is it close to not a one for one, but like, can we get 80% Amon Ross St. Brown and like a Khalif Raymond, for example? Uh, I don't think so. I think okay. Khalif Raymond will play in that role, but they have underneath targets in Sam Laporta and Jameer Gibbs. Maybe that's a good avenue to get him a couple extra targets. I think that Josh Reynolds, I would still rank him the highest, even though he's not going into the Amon Ra role, though Josh Reynolds is still been limited in practice on that groin injury. His worst game of the year was when he was on the injury report with that groin injury. So everything's TBD with the Lions. We still don't even know if Jamison Williams is going to be starting full-time capacity or any of that stuff. I'm hoping right. by Sunday morning we have some more clarity here because the Lions right now are projected for like 27 points. Wow. So we're either ranking David Montgomery as as Barry Sanders or us, one of these wide receivers or tight ends is really going to pop up. Your wide receivers 9 and 10 are on the same team. It's Let's Cooper go. Cup and Puka Nakua. From Diana Rossini that we heard on Friday morning, quote, Cooper Cup is expected to play against the Eagles, barring any setbacks per sources. The Rams are being cautious, keeping him on account at practice. I have some optimism. Yeah, this one's I think we're also going to get great news uh, by Sunday morning. Um, the Rams wide receiver coach said that he thinks that Cooper Cup looks way healthier now than he did uh, in training camp. Uh, McVeigh said that he's just going to listen to whatever Cooper cup is. The fact that he was fully practicing on Thursday is a good sign. I'm assuming that's, what's going to be the case on Friday as well. And as the chart is showing you here, the Rams could have two absolute superstar fantasy wide receivers. They are only trailing the chargers in expected fantasy points to their wide receivers. I think that Puka and Cooper cup win similarly, but I just think that Cooper cup is just more athletic and he just, has more trust than uh, even Puka Nakua does underneath. So if Cooper Cup is active, I want to have a very optimistic approach. I think we can refresh after just one week of seeing Cooper Cup and value him as a top three fantasy wide receiver the rest of the way. That's the upside that Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay are playing with, with their defense not playing. Uh, they're playing better than expected, but still lacking talent, especially in the game against the Eagles. If they're trailing points here, we can see Cooper Cup 12 targets immediately. It feels like four weeks of the NFL season is a long time, but we also have another 13 weeks to go for the fantasy yeah. football season, 13 games, I should say. So some of these round one, round two, round three investments into Cooper Cup, 100% mm -hmm. have time to pay off. Yep. Like there was a lot of negative reaction to obviously him going an injured reserve. But what we heard from Sean McVay and Mike LaFleur, I believe, is – that once he went to the specialist, it wasn't deemed as bad as yes. they had feared. One point, we go from a player who led the league in target share last season in Cooper Cup to another in Puka Nakua who is setting volume records for rookies through four NFL games mm -hmm. to another in Tutu Atwell who is seeing 8.8 .8 targets per game right now. It's, it's as simple as Tutu is the one who is going to miss out. Well, Cooper Cup plays the slot mostly, and that's where Tutu Atwell is mostly playing. So are they going to put one of Puka or Cooper Cup or Tutu at the X position? Typically, that's not the body type 
that plays that position like Tutu. So I'm curious to see if Van Jefferson's just going to be continue running those clear out routes or if they're going to have Tutu out well out there. But there's a chance that Tutu's uh, playing time takes a hit here in particular just because he plays, in theory, the same spots as Cooper Cup. Now they play completely different types of slot wide receiver, but that is something to monitor. So I have Tutu buried a little bit further than I usually do just because there's uncertainty with the playing time right now. Yeah, and the Rams are by far and away the leaders in 11 personnel, three wide receiver sets out there in the league at 92%. Mm-hmm. Um, the next closest are the Panthers and the Commanders at 86 and 80% out there. So this is like yeah. very much early Sean McVay stuff of we're going to run this one personnel grouping and mm-hmm. still beat your ass offensively off of it. Yeah, I completely agree. And then last note, for Puka Nakua, he just reminds me of Robert Woods in so many different ways. And Robert Woods, when Matthew Stafford was balling, was a kind of volatile wide receiver too. I think that's where Puka will ultimately settle. I have him ranked a little bit ahead of that just because we're getting Cooper Cup back in lineup for the first time. So Puka should perform better this week and then slowly move down a little bit. But I would be pretty surprised if Puka falls off the map. I think that he's a locked and loaded top 20 wide receiver. And I think most weeks, especially during the buys, I think I'll probably be ranking closer to like wide receiver 14. So that's just like my rest of the season prediction. And I, I, I hope as somebody that was drafting a bunch of Cooper Cup, that Cooper Cup has a chance to sit right next to Justin Jefferson and Tyreek Hill moving forward just because his targets versus uh, like the AJ Brown tier, I think are a lot different. My favorite player to draft in each round show, uh, the thumbnail includes Cooper Cup and Brees Hall in it. So maybe here from the rest of the way, some of that can pay off. Uh, just quickly, final notes. Mm-hmm. They ran a lot of 11 personnel previously with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. But what they do with both wide receivers who are joys in the blocking game and can get down to the nitty gritty is they would condense those splits, put them even as like nubs or H backs mm-hmm. or tight ends and ask them to run the ball. And if you checked out our running back tier show too, you know that Kyron Williams is facing like the most six man boxes in yep. the league right now because they are spreading it out so much. Okay. Tier two time. This kicks off with Devonte Adams. We already spoke about AJ Brown who has been dunking on people over the last two weeks. And while both are extremely talented wide receivers are true wide receiver ones to me, mm-hmm. uh, it is very difficult for both to dunk on teams at the exact same time with how this passing attack is less than stellar at the moment. Let's be real. Yeah, this is a good get right spot, though, just because I, I, I think the Rams will eventually be bottom 10 in all the passing metrics. Uh, I think there's a huge advantage on the corner spot in particular for Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, the pick lobby on Underdog Fantasy. By the way, you can use promo code the show. We'll match your deposit up to $100. It's up to 62.5 receiving yards. He is going to be a volatile, volatile player somewhat because he's used down the field so much. But I think that the Rams could keep up on the offense. So I think this is going to be an underrated big shootout game. And Devontae Smith, we've seen the, the boom weeks, even with his wide receiver 39 usage. That's way down. We don't love that. But I'm assuming that will go up. Uh, as Jalen Hurts gets more comfortable with a new uh, offensive coordinator. It's one of those things where there's nothing wrong with Devontae Smith. And so this can just flip on its head any given week, mm-hmm. you know, where he is the one that gets 20 plus fantasy points Yep, in that matchup. Jalen Waddle is next. I think it's slightly different actually with him in the Dolphins wide receiver room versus the two Eagles wide receivers. But he gets the New York Giants defense this week. I'm excited to see how Mike McDaniel attacks this Wink Martindale defense that throws out the blitz at like the second highest rate across the league right now. Um, 
they will send extra people. And I'm sure McD has a lot of ideas of how he can get space immediately for two to get the ball out of his hands even quicker this week. Yeah, so offenses playing this Wink Martindale defense have the fourth highest neutral pass rate against them, which means that we are in a beautiful spot for Jalen Waddle. The the Giants are also starting rookies on the perimeter and against those blitz looks, all it takes is one missed tackle for 80 yard touchdowns. So even though Jalen Waddle has been horrific when it comes to usage and production this year, I think mostly because they have a legitimate ground game to use and they don't have to throw the ball to Jalen Waddle as much. I do think if you're just looking for who has the opportunity to finish this week as the wide receiver one overall, this is where like that kind of conversation gets harder to peg. So uh, this is a, the biggest boom bust ranking I have, but the pick and lobby actually has it at 61 and a half receiving yards as well, which is right in line here. So this is purely a, Hey, why not aim for the, the, the fences here just because the, the dolphins are projected for the most points this week, 9.8, 10.4 and 6.6 fancy points for Jalen Waddle in his three games. And you mentioned 61 and a half higher or lower in the pick and lobby. He's already gone over that twice, despite being again, just at yeah. 10 fancy points in two performances. Okay. Continuing on to wide receiver 13. It is Calvin Ridley at the Buffalo bills. Bills just lost Jadavius white and Calvin Ridley was coming off a difficult matchup against AJ Terrell, who legitimately shadowed him for 79% of snaps last week, which is the highest rate in the league so far this season of any corner versus wide receiver. And he got a defense pass interference down the field. Uh, and I just think in general, just like the, the Jaguars have just been so inconsistent, but I think a lot of that just because of the ground game. And I'm hoping that the Jaguars just say, look, we're just going to pass the ball like almost every single snap. And especially if the Buffalo Bills are going crazy, which I expect them to do, the Bills at home are awesome. Uh, so I think this is a get right spot for Calvin Ridley. This is ranked higher than where the Pick'em Lobby and then where consensus rankings have it. We're still waiting to see if Zay Jones is going to be back. He's been limited in practice so far this week. Uh, but I do think the Tredavious White injury matters. The Jordan Poyer uh, miss uh, could could be impactful as well. Von Miller probably is going to be a part-time player. Gregory Rousseau is on the injury report. So the Bills defense is very well coached and they have a lot of continuity. I think that Calvin Ridley's individual matchup is pretty strong and offenses facing the Bills have passed the ball at the third highest rates in neutral game script. So I think it's a good bounce back spot for Calvin Ridley. The targets are there. Just the production has been inconsistent because of drops. I don't think that's going to stick. I won't reiterate my entire spiel from Stats versus Film. Hopefully, you all watch that show. He's just gotten super unlucky by mm-hmm. a few inches in weeks two and weeks three, and his entire season would be framed differently yeah. if that was the case. I understand like two targets last week, yada, yada, yada. I think we can uh, give reasoning as why that happened. You can't explain it away, but it's one week out of four so far this year with 13 more to go. Mm-hmm. I'm still definitely a Calvin Ridley believer in this offense. Brandon Ayuk is your wide receiver 14 against the Dallas Cowboys defense. Uh, I'm so excited for this game. I mean, so excited for mm-hmm. this game because Dallas's defense obviously has some premier players, but Brandon Ayuk has truly emerged as, to me, one of the best route runners in the league. And his connectivity in the intermediate and downfield portions of the game with Brock Purdy is legit. And that is an area of the field that we did not see in previous Cal Shanahan's offense with Jimmy Garoppolo, in my opinion. 
Yeah, he's got nine out of his 10 targets that are 15 air yards down the field, which is an unsustainable rate, but at least they are connecting on them and actually trying to get him the ball out there. Uh, even though Diggs is out in this game, Steph Gilmore is still really, really solid. I think he's got like a 45% catch rate allowed this year, according to PFF. And it's a tough matchup, but once again, I do think Brandon Ayuk has the ability to catch fire in, in the matchup like this, especially with Debo Samuel. He was out there as like a full-time player last week, but he didn't do anything. He's still on the injury report this week with ribs and knee injuries. It's kind of like uncertain, like what exactly his situation is. So I'm hoping we get a final uh, update on Debo Samuel's status. But right now I'm going to be writing about the hot hand, which has been Brandon Ayuk in basically every single game. We have a scheme posting on Saturday with Colt McCoy talking about just Kyle Shannon's offense, Christian McCaffrey, Brock mm-hmm. Purdy's involvement in it, and how they are using 21 personnel, but also getting down the field and stretching defenses with it. I should mention that Debo Sam is your wide receiver 15, so just one spot right after this. I will add, just from a percentage standpoint, if you look at a little bit below the surface, Brock Purdy's numbers are below average as an NFL starter when he is pressured, but like the best in the league at quarterback when he is uh, clean in the pocket. So Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, whoever else you want to throw in there. um, It's so easy and obvious to say that's the key of this game, but it has been so far in trying to slow down a Kyle Shanahan offense because you can't slow down anyone else. It's insane. (laughs) It's insane. Okay. Chris Olave checks in as your wide receiver 16. He's facing the New England Patriots, a defense that, just lost Matt Judon, just lost Christian Gonzalez, and prior to that uh, had been without Marcus Jones and Jonathan Jones in previous weeks. Yeah, they're just so injured right now. I still don't like playing in New England just because Bill Belichick has the scheme to to lock down a wide receiver like Chris Olave. I think just as important, Derek Carr's still been limited in practice uh, this week. Um he just didn't look right to me. I think that really hurt Chris Olave last week on some of those sideline throws. Olave nearly had caught a touchdown. Pick'em Lobby is really optimistic. 62 and a half receiving yards, uh, according to Underdog Fantasy right now. I, I'm still waiting for more information on Derek Carr's status. Um, and then the other thing long-term to think about is, is Alvin Kamara's presence going to really hurt Chris Olave and Michael Thomas's like target share and stuff. Last week, it was an extreme example. I don't think we should extrapolate that, but it is like a reminder that everything has to go right for Chris Olave because it's a conservative offense with like some mouths to feed and Chris Olave wins down the field primarily. And sometimes you can go on some cold and hot streaks with that type of player. Um, so I think he's going to be a boom bust guy for the rest of the way, especially with Alvin Kamara there. Michael Pittman checks in as your wide receiver 17. He gets the Tennessee Titans secondary, which we totally love. Um, What stood out to me last week with Anthony Richardson in his first start and a half, let's put it, he was at the Mm -hmm. bottom of the league as intended air yards per attempt at like 4.9. Then in week four, he led the league at 12.4 air yards per attempt. I mean, they kept running four verticals Mm -hmm. and we know he can win in that area of the field. Really, Sure, Anthony Richardson might have three or four throws per game that he wants to dial back and take back. But he's showing you everything that you want, and it's so clear that Michael Pittman is the wide receiver one in this offense. Yeah, definitely so. The thing I'm trying to figure out is this neutral pass rate. They started off really hot above NFL average, and then last week in the start, 25% neutral pass rate, which would really hurt Michael Pittman. Now, this week, we're getting the opposite of that. No team is trying to run the ball 
on the Tennessee Titans. That should help Michael Pittman. Um, so that's just something to monitor. I, I think the Colts offense is they're trying to figure out what exactly they want the formula to be. They're playing with a lot of pace, which is going to help Michael Pittman no matter what. I do think the Colts defense is certainly beatable. Um, but I think this week, I, I'm not really worried about that just because the Tennessee Titans, nobody tries to run on them. Question with that neutral pass rate. I mean, it was 20 to nothing at halftime. So, like, there was nothing really neutral about the game. Like, it was just a small sample in week four in terms of the number of plays that they ran, right? So, like, it didn't even go into, like, three quarters or, like, you know what I mean? In in terms yep. of weeks one and weeks two, it was a longer sample that we could pick from. So, I'm not reading yep. into that too much. Yep. Just something to monitor. Um, I agree, though. Quickly on the Titans. Allowed 73 catch rate percentage. Uh, to wideouts, opposing teams have targeted their wideouts at a league high 75% of the time against the Tennessee Titans. Mm-hmm. So as long as they can block up front, and as long as Anthony Richardson can make some ludicrous plays with defenders draping all over him, I feel good about this one. Nico Collins, though, at wide receiver 18. This is fun. We just talked about this matchup that Calvin Ridley had last week. I have all eyes on if A.J. Terrell is also going to be shadowing Nico Collins. It's a tough matchup for him. Um it, I think this ranking is just like showing my optimism and and CJ Stroud and Nico Collins, the player. We, we did this film breakdown with Steve Smith. That was really cool to see the game plan uh, tie in together from like multiple weeks in advance as well. But I am with you like Jesse Bates and AJ Terrell could really just constrict Nico Collins in this game. But I think that there's like wide receiver two range is pretty bad at this point. Uh, we're losing some players because of buys, because some injuries as well. So I'll shoot for the moon uh, here because I think Nico Collins has big play ability, more yards after the catch ability, I'll say, than most ex-wide receivers. He can like really boogie um, after the catch. And you are taking the matchup into consideration here because he's been the wide receiver seven so far this season with games of 11, 24, and 32 fantasy points. I will add with that, those vertical plays, which again, just to frame Nico Collins and what he's doing so far, mm-hmm. he has an A dot that is 12 yards down the field right now, 11 yards down the field. And then his yak per reception is top three in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. A player who did the similar things last season was Jalen Waddle except Nico Collins is 6'4", 215 pounds. I mean, it's just crazy to do those types of things with this frame. But again, if those downfield shots are so impactful for him and meaningful, opponents have completed just 14 of 37 passes, unthrows 10 or more yards against the Falcons this year. That is the fifth lowest rate in the league. So yeah, I, I'm I'm so excited for it's It's not going to draw headlines, this matchup of the, the Texans yep. and the Falcons, but this one individual element of CJ Stroud, Nico Collins, and Tank Dell versus the Falcons secondary is definitely one that has my interest. Have you ever been on vacation after a long day of activities or sightseeing? You have a night in room service, bathrobes, and television or movies. And when you're in a foreign country, you scroll Netflix or Hulu or whatever streaming service you have, and you realize that. The library of content there is so much larger than it is in the United States. You start a new show, a new series, and when you get back home, you realize you now have to find that on a different service or pay for it in a different way. That is where Surfshark comes in. It's a VPN service that lets you virtually travel the world with a tap of a finger. You can go to Spain, Canada, Costa Rica to watch the content available in those countries. So you can try Surfshark today, totally risk-free with a 30-day money-back guarantee. 
and get Surfshark VPN at surfshark.deals slash underdog or enter promo code underdog for three extra months for free. You heard me right. Three extra months for free. That is surfshark.deals slash underdog. Garrett Wilson is your wide receiver 19. Talk me through this. He gets the Denver Broncos defense this week. Yeah, so he's up to the wide receiver 18 in usage after last week where we saw the Jets actually try to play some offense. You can see their neutral pass rate in the first three weeks were abysmal. Then last week, 57%, which is above the NFL average. Uh, The matchup, if you really zoom in, it would be against Patrick Sertan who could shadow him, but the Broncos have had absolute meltdowns every single week. Um, So I think I'm just going to be betting on talent here and Garrett Wilson. Uh, I think that Zach Wilson, if they're just at least trying to let him throw the ball, that's good news, even if the results are going to be fairly inconsistent. But there's been so many coverage busts with Denver. Like that's just been a massive, massive problem. And I think that even if things are going bad, Gary Wilson still do for like two, two screens per game as well. So I think we've graduated from like, oh my God, this is miserable to, hey, at least they're going to give them a chance. And I think giving Garrett Wilson a chance is not the the worst strategy. And one way that they've done that is 22 snaps in the slot from Garrett Wilson last week. That was the most he's seen in the slot since week four of 2022. That equaled eight of his 13 total targets were in the slot. So to me, that is something to monitor because that is more of probably a layup and what Mm -hmm. Zach Wilson is more open to doing uh and that can just equal easier catches for us and that probably also means that patrick sertan is not going to follow him into the slot as well yep all good news wide receiver 20 is marquise brown uh this has been a whiff for me so far uh from the preseason and a major part of that is obviously how josh jobs has played so far this season and it does make sense that marquise brown a good talent that we've seen on multiple teams has dominated his team's target share 34%, 33%, 24% in three games a season. He's the wide receiver seven in the last three games in the NFL in terms of target share across the league. Yeah, the Cardinals used to be like down here by the Steelers. They're at least creeping up where they're not uh, absolutely egregious in projected points, according to the betting markets. I think that Marquise Brown is a really good player. Like his... His tape down down the sidelines has been really cool to see, uh, and I, I'm starting to actually believe in this coaching staff, the uh, quarterback play. It's like above that absolute embarrassment level by far. Uh, and then with the Bengals, I think that the Bengals will be able to put up points on the Cardinals defense, and I think that catch-up mode could be pretty nice uh, for Marquise again. They face the Bengals. That takes us into Tier 3. Your wide receiver 21, Jacoby Myers against the Green Bay Packers. He and Devontae Adams are like top two or top three in terms of uh, inside the 10-yard line or red zone targets so far this season. Uh, We'll see. Like, I think that this can last for a very long time because we've seen in a Josh McDaniels Patriots offense that multiple pass catchers can get there. But again... I think it can also fall off the rails at any moment too when you consider who is playing quarterback for them and also some offensive line struggles that they've had so far this year too. I will say for this week, Vegas thinks that the Raiders are going to score 23 points, which is like way more than we've seen from Vegas going into the week previously. And if we think that Jair is going to see a bunch of Devontae Adams, that means that we're going to get a much different caliber of corner on Jacoby Myers. So I was out on him last week for the most part. I'm feeling more optimistic this week, especially with Jimmy G coming back. 
Christian Kirk checks in next as your wide receiver 22. Uh, again, that is the Sunday morning game in London, also facing this Buffalo Bills defense. Uh, so far, it's been a bad week one for Christian Kirk. Then Zay Jones starts to miss some time in games, and he goes 16, 13, and 12 fantasy points. No real, like, massive ceiling from there, but we all we are getting back the 2022 volume yeah. and a horizontal offense from Doug Peterson right now. Yeah, like what I was talking about with Calvin Ridley, I think Jacksonville should just lean into the pass all the way, and that would help Christian Kirk. We just have to monitor the Zay Jones situation because that was part of the thesis with Christian Kirk maybe not paying off his ADP initially. And that has not been the case because he's been in two wide receiver sets. Obviously, that's going to help you out a ton here. Uh, so we'll learn more if Zay is going to actually play. He's been limited in practice this week. Another one of these like truly questionable guys. If Zay is in the lineup, I might drop uh, Christian Kirk down just a couple spots. Wide receiver 23, Adam Thielen at the Detroit Lions. He is the wide receiver 10 on the season. Another slow start, but then he goes two point, excuse me, he goes 17 fancy points, 26 fancy points, then 12 fancy points, Hayden. Yep. Wide receiver, 26 usage. He's been running hot on them. Uh, yeah, the Lions defense, I think, is it's better than what it was last year. I don't think Brian Branch, the slot corner, is going to be playing. Uh, Pick and Lobby has this at 51 and a half receiving yards. I think it's hard to find a massive ceiling from Adam Thielen, but he's this is where he's getting. Uh, involved uh, according to the fantasy usage model wide receiver 24 at the Indianapolis Colts it's DeAndre Hopkins he actually ran fewer pass routes than Nick Westbrook Aquina Chris Moore last week as well uh, he has not led the team in routes since week one mm -hmm. but against this Colts secondary the likes of Calvin Ridley Nico Collins and even Zay Flowers obviously Pukunukua have all caught at least seven to eight passes uh, two of those, three of those players went over a hundred yards. Uh, three of them also got touchdowns. So if there's going to be a DeAndre Hopkins week, once again, it should be this week. Yeah, I, I agree. No trail on Burks most likely hasn't practiced this week. Wide receiver 27 usage for DeAndre Hopkins. And like you said, the, the Colts have just been giving up big games to different types of wide receivers as well. And I think last week he didn't play because they were winning 27 to three late in the game. So I think that they're just resting a veteran player. Uh, but I think that the ankle injury uh, is behind them right now. Wide receiver 25, George Pickens against this Baltimore Ravens defense. A rough one. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ravens are awesome and they could be getting a bit healthier on defense right now. And it sounds up in the air if Kenny Pickett's going to play in this one. I would lean no, and it will probably be Mitch Trubisky. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Does it matter? Really, does it matter? I don't think so. I think an, an injured Kenny Pickett and a Mitch Trubisky is the same thing. Either way, the Steelers are in the very terrible category when it comes to projected points and plays per game. The only positives I can spin up for George Pickens right now, 28% target share without Deontay Johnson and no Pat Fryermuth this week. Who are you throwing the ball to if you are Pittsburgh? Is it Calvin Austin? Is it the ghost of Allen Robinson? Is it Darnell Washington, an offensive tackle? Is it Najee Harris? Or you just throw the ball up to George Pickens. That's the only thing I can say about this. Well, the issue with throwing the ball up to George Pickens is right now he's also 0 for 8 in contested targets so far this season. That should get back to 50-50 as we go across sure. this year. I, I will say should. Marlon Humphrey coming back from Baltimore would be a not good thing for George Pickens. We'll see. Gabe Davis, your wide receiver 26. You continue to pay off for the people. 
consensus rankings put some down low. You remain steadfast with Gabe Davis, and despite him not getting, you know, a ton of earned targets every single week, he continues to pay off. He has over 11 fantasy points now when he's not on the injury report going back to last year. He also does way better at home, uh, 52 yards in a touchdown compared to 35 yards in 0.4 touchdowns. Um, yeah, so I think this is just praying for a touchdown, but dang, if I was going to be praying for touchdowns, it certainly helps that he plays for the Buffalo Bills. And <laughs> by the way, Jacksonville's defense, I think, is like not up to the par. Uh, they have not gotten enough pass rush for how much investment they have on that defensive line. And their cornerback play has been, I would say, fairly inconsistent. So uh, keep on uh, putting Buffalo Bills into your starting lineup. So that's my recommendation. He's consensus rankings have finally caught up. He's wide receiver 27 for them. So you're still even oh, a few okay. spots ahead there. Okay. Your wide receiver 27 is a Flowers. Uh, he faces those same Pittsburgh Steelers. I put out a poll on YouTube of which slow starter at wide receiver will have a great rest of the way uh people got mad that i included zay flowers in that just some context here he opened as the wide receiver 16 going nine for 78 since he's been the wide receiver 51 the wide receiver 34 and the wide receiver 50 never going above 62 yards in any of those matchups sounds like joey porter jr is going to get a shot at cornerback for the steelers defense this week but it also sounds like odell beckham and rashad bateman might be back for this game too potentially Odell's been limited. Uh, Rashad's been a full participant, but I haven't seen Rashad Bateman as a full participant on the game tape in since <laughs> freaking college. And in fairness, when those guys were actually on the field, it was Zay Flowers' best game because right. they got a bunch of manufactured touches to him. Yeah, and I think I think the big thing for, for this is when Steve and I were breaking down that Nico Collins film, we just kept looking and laughing at the Steelers cornerback play. Yeah. It has been an absolute joke. They're the second worst fantasy defense against wide receivers right now. And a lot of that is the cornerback play. We'll see if, if the, if the cornerback change makes a big difference there. But I, I think even if Rashad Bateman's there, Rashad Bateman's running like clear route routes, like not earning that many targets. They're scripting the ball to Zay just enough uh, to keep him in, involved here. I, I just don't think that, the like 12 targets or whatever he had early on right. is going to stick just because Mark Andrews is back and he is the true king. To that point on the Steelers defense, Brendan Ayuk went eight for 129 and two. Amari Cooper, seven for 90. Devontae Adams, 13, 172 and two. Mm-hmm. And Nico mm-hmm. Collins, seven for 168 and two. I, w- I will say like the Zay Flowers true wide receiver stuff isn't close to that foursome that we just mentioned. For sure. But that still doesn't mean it can't happen this week. Like yeah. it, it could happen. Well, we all we've seen Zay at least in scramble drills yeah. or just on post routes get there. I, I just want to see it more. Enough. I no, I agree. I think there's flaws to his game that they're trying to work around. But we love Lamar Jackson, and oh, yeah. we're going to get back uh, their left tackle this week. So they all the center and the left tackle injury that we had early on the off season or early in the season. Those guys should be healthy this week. Jordan Addison checks in as your wide receiver 28. Uh, He was open for his patented weekly deep score and do nothing else at this point. Uh, And then Kirk Cousins, I don't even, he couldn't get the ball 45 yards on the field. What was that? That was, I have no idea what the hell happened there. So yeah, we're, we are officially in the complete boom bust range of fantasy wide receivers. This happens every single week and every single season. Once you get into the wide receiver 30 ish range, this is what happens. I'm still waiting for Jordan Addison to pass. KJ Osborne pick him lobby has it at 45 and a half yards. He's going to be fairly inconsistent, but I will say 
I dare Kirk Cousins to throw the ball 50 times after going down 27 to uh, to five uh, in, in halftime with a safety with the safety. Heard it here first. Uh, Jordan Addison in, in catch up mode. I think that sounds pretty nice to me. CEH gets tackled inside the end zone. Okay. Mm-hmm. Jerry Judy, wide receiver 29 against the New York Jets. Uh, Sauce Gardner will be out there. DJ Reed will not be out there. Yeah, and I think Jerry Judy's been playing in the slot more, kind of operating as like a vertical slot option. And I think that Sauce Gardner is going to be stuck more on Cortland Sutton Island. So I think that's a good individual match if you're really trying to zoom in for Jerry Judy. And then also, as Jerry Judy gets healthier, I want to rank him above Cortland Sutton because in the offseason, me and basically everybody were ranking Jerry Judy multiple tiers ahead of Cortland Sutton. I think the injury is playing into that a little bit. So I want to start getting Jerry Judy into this like wide receiver three range. I just think that this is the the matchup away from sauce that you can start making those adjustments. Michael Thomas as your wide receiver 30 in this like range, as you talked about with Jordan Addison and we'll get to tank Dell in a moment as like boom bust wide receivers. Michael Thomas is like just doing his, I'm going to try to body you up and catch the ball in a contested area. The, the new Larry Fitzgerald. Yes. For me right now. Yeah. Pick'em Lobby loves Michael Thomas. 51 and a half really? receiving yards. 51 and a half. I mean, he, wow. he has been in that range basically every single week. Wow. Uh, nothing more, nothing less. Yeah. I, I also think, like I said, with Olave, if I have concerns about Olave, I certainly have concerns about Michael Thomas with Alvin Kamara. Tier four begins with Tank Dell as wide receiver 31. Again, cited that stat of throws and attempts, 10 plus yards on the field. The Falcons are third best in the league at it. Uh, Tank Dell, that's where he's been making a bunch of his money this season is mm-hmm. explosive plays. I think he can do a bit more than that, too. Um, I'm just excited, again, to con- see the continued development of Tank Dell as an NFL player. Yeah, if I have concerns about Nico Collins seeing A.J. Terrell, that means that Tank Dell and Robert Woods are in better spots. The The Falcons are way worse in the slot. I know that Tank Dell isn't, isn't like a full-time slot receiver or anything like that, but I, I don't think that he's going to get that much A.J. Terrell. So I'm a little bit more bullish this week than I was last week um but i think it's clear that there's a true x wide receiver on the team and that's nico collins and then tank dell is going to have to operate on some of the more uh hit and miss type of looks i'm just going to start throwing some names up there uh tyler boyd and Cortland sutton you're talking about Cortland sutton when we talked mm-hmm. about jerry judy just going back to tyler boyd here t higgins is out assumingly um tyler boyd though i mean he might go outside and they might throw another like trenton Irwin or like Charlie Jones there in the slot. I think Jones is hurt now. Sadly. Is he? Yeah, I think so. Wow. I know he had like a punt return for a touchdown or whatever it was. Um, again, I don't want to impart a huge workload and huge volume onto Tyler Boyd when someone like T Higgins misses. Yeah. Last year, uh, when he was the number two, when either Higgins or chase was out, he was averaging just 7.2 expected fancy points in the two games this year. It's up to 8.8 and 8.0 which means we're talking about flex if you're desperate type of situations here. I guess in theory, if it's check down city, that does help Tyler Boyd to some degree as well. And I just think that the Cardinals defense is one to exploit. So uh, he, he has not shown much upside even no. as the number two, but I, I, I don't want to, I don't want to get too zoomed in on that. Like in, we're talking about Joe Burrow against the freaking Arizona Cardinals defense. Like there's upside you can dream about certainly. And every year there is one game where Tyler Boyd has like two random touchdowns in and like takes over. And maybe that's this week. Okay. 
I'm going to throw both Packers wide receivers up there. Your wide receiver 34 is Romeo Dobbs. Your wide receiver 36 is Christian Watson. Why Dobbs over Watson? Well, Christian Watson's still been limited in practice. And I'm still waiting for that to kind of turn. Also, when I refresh the pick and lobby, Romeo's at 48 and a half receiving yards. Christian Watson's only at 38 and a half. So that was wow. just kind of, I think we're still in the in the getting back into Christian Watson phase. And like you said, I forget what show it was, but you recently said like they don't have a true number one target earner. I think that's going to be the case with Christian Watson. And when Christian Watson was balling last year, first of all, that was with Aaron Rodgers. Also, Jaden Reed wasn't involved. We didn't have Luke Musgrave involved and stuff. So I'm just a little bit worried uh, that Jordan Love can't have a sustainable, consistent wide receiver right now, especially because Romeo Dobbs like continues just to dunk on everybody in the red zone. I, I don't know what so that, doesn't, that doesn't seem sustainable, but the fact that like Romeo Dobbs is like to me is like a functional NFL starting wide receiver. To that red zone point, they are fourth in the NFL right now in red zone touchdown success. That's 69%, only behind Baltimore, who's at 80% right now. Uh, Miami, 78%, and then the Indianapolis Colts, 73%. That won't hold for the Packers. Somebody was complaining about my Jordan Love ranking, but like he's like 25th in like yards and like fourth in touchdowns. Like that stuff will even out. Like no team scores 80% in the red zone. Sandwiched in between them is Drake London against the Houston Texans defense. Uh, in his two games without a touchdown this season, Drake London is the wide receiver 109 and wide receiver 78 over those weeks. Uh, we talked about it last week with D'Amico Ryan's swarming Kenny Pickett and this Pittsburgh Steelers offense. If the Falcons are forced to pass in this game, I can totally see a D'Amico Ryan's-led defense swarming Desmond Ritter this week as well. I will say the secondary is still very banged up. Uh, still, no Derek Stingley's on IR. So individually, Drake London's in a good spot. But like I agree, there is like pocket collapsing issues for Drake London. Um, I mean, yeah, this is we're in the boom bust here. I, I wish I could rank him higher. We need to if Taylor Heineke was the quarterback, I would rank Drake London probably closer to like wide receiver 28. To close out this tier, Robert Woods is wide receiver 37, Brandon Cooks as wide receiver 38, Tutu Atwell, wide receiver 39, and then apparently everyone's favorite rookie, Michael Wilson, as wide receiver 40. Yeah, all these guys are projected for like almost exactly 37 and a half receiving yards in the pick and lobby. No, none of them really stand out to me. I guess Robert Woods is a pretty aggressive ranking, but that's just going back to the matchup that we've talked about. I think that if you're starting these guys, it's it's not a good spot for you. I mean, Brandon Cooks, I say it like every single week on the show, just like what a disappointment so far in terms of fantasy football and the investment and how we thought it could unlock this offense a bit more. And we heard that from the beat writers. That's going to change things for them. And this is what they've been craving. Not so far, but we haven't so played a, they haven't played a normal game yet. Yeah, for the most part, either. I think I think uh, bigger things are coming. Michael Wilson, he saw just nine targets in the opening three games. Then he caught all seven of his targets this past week for seventy six yards and two touchdowns. He is playing like the X at times as the bigger body for sure. He's being super efficient on his mm -hmm. opportunities right now. So again, uh, I think we're still are in the information gathering phase for uh, the Arizona Cardinals right now, and specifically Michael Wilson as a player. Okay. Going to throw some more up there. I'll just close out this tier. How about that? Devontae Parker, Josh Reynolds, KJ Osborne, Rasheed Rice finally making it onto your lists. Only takes four teams on by. Uh, Jaden Reed. And then people were asking for it. So I threw him in there. Josh Downs as your wide receiver 46. So I actually moved Rasheed Rice up to my wide receiver 41. You can just throw him in front of, yeah, right there. That'll work for me right now. 
his just routes are up the first week in week three it was in garbage time last week he was actually playing like in a neutral game playing more snaps uh sky Moore has done absolutely nothing Kadarius tony's done absolutely nothing so maybe there's a chance that rasheed rice is a 50 percent player and then all of a sudden you're a 50% player on Patrick Mahomes. At least you have a chance. And he's not running like the, the clear out routes to the same degree as like the Justin Watson MVS type. So 50% snaps for him could actually mean like six, seven targets and six, seven targets with Mahomes is like enough to get you involved. Even if we haven't like fully see him like unlocked yet. He's going to make mistakes in every game. Um, that's just who he is. He's rough around the edges right now. Kadarius Tony is going to do that same thing. Sky Moore is not going to get open. MVS might have a drop in every game, mm-hmm. you know? So it, none of these wide receivers are perfect. So while we can zoom in and call out certain flaws, I am with you that I'm actually starting Rasheed Rice in one league this week because I am mm-hmm. have injuries and bye week yep. hell in some of them. Like I'm starting him over Justice Hill in a league. Um, mm-hmm. And actually over Josh Reynolds. So I'm glad that we are in sync with that well, at this moment. Wait till you see where I have Josh Reynolds ranking but Monrod's sits. <laughs> That's true. I, I will be adjusting. But yeah, Rasheed Rice is one of those guys who, again, clearly is an imperfect player, but yeah. I think he brings something to the table as a bigger body yards after catch threat yeah. that, again, the horses for courses style of the Chiefs can utilize in certain aspects, even if they're okay with living with a few mistakes in each game. And of course, I had DJ Moore ranked as the wide receiver one going into the week. <laughs> actually, had, I had him ahead of consensus, the highest I've ever ranked him. Uh, actually, but it was a decent. You, you had him as uh, wide receiver twenty, and consensus had him as wide receiver twenty-one. So you were ahead. that consensus. You were ahead. Uh, yes, I should have mentioned at the top. Obviously, Thursday night players are not involved in these rankings. Okay, that's it. Wrap it up. Thank you for leaving your comments. Again, we do not have all the answers. We just like to have these discussions and take our discussions and decide on your answers based on your own brain and our brains that we open up. Are you telling me that 83,000 people aren't all happy with us right now? (laughs) 83,000 people. I just want the people to know that I actually care about them and try to listen to what they say, you know? All right. Shout out to Weaves, the producer. Shout out to Hayden and his bathrobe on today's show. Love to see it. This jacket's Um, (laughs) (laughs) And shout out to you for joining us on Sunday morning. I actually think this week, Hayden, we're going to start it right around like when inactives open, like at 1120, 1130 Eastern, and then go all the way to kickoff because we know Sunday morning football, you all tune into that. And we want to have all of our energy for when that ends and right before kickoff begins. All right. right. Up the Vela. We'll talk to you all soon.